Just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuinik, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. Happy to Nick. Thank you. Thank you very much. We recorded that earlier. It sounded really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, top-notch recording. Not as good yeah. as Colin and I's Christmas album, but... Well, well that, that's no, that was, a, that, was a, that was just a single. Yeah. You're creating the album next year. It, it, it could be an album. You're creating the album next year. All right, happy well, birthday. Happy birthday, Nick. Thank you. Two years in a row, your birthday's been on the day of the show. I thought you were going to say two years in a row your birthday has occurred. <laughs> no. It's like, yeah. It's been on the it day of the show. It's actually been 24 years in a row. But, uh, <laughs> a day that we had the show. Yes. Yes. Uh, like Very exciting, I yes. guess, for it to be on the show two years in a row. Get the Trying happy birthday on years. the show. Yeah. Hopefully that is accomplished. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Nick, what do we? We were Jordan last year, so we're twenty-four this year. Yes, that is how math works as well. <laughs> That's what we just said. Twenty-three plus one equals twenty-four. You know, it's yeah. funnier than twenty-four. Twenty-five. Yeah, that's me. Funnier than you. That's debatable. SpongeBob was wrong. All right, let's get into uh, some high school basketball around the EPAC. We'll have. Uh, well, let's just talk about last night's games here a little bit. Um, before we get into today's games and the game that we'll be broadcasting. Um, last night, where'd it go? Oh, never mind, I got it. Okay. <laughs> Musselman got their Musselman boys got their first win of the season over Hampshire, forty six to thirty three. The Applemen are now one and four. They take on Hedgesville on tomorrow night. So Musselman getting their first win of the season, forty six thirty three over Hampshire and uh, only holding Hampshire to thirty three points. Yeah, pretty good, especially, obviously, as you said, first one of the season, so now you don't have to worry about it getting into conference play against Hedgesville, who's a very solid team in the EPAC, so now you can go into that with a positive outlook instead of still trying to search for the first one. It'd still be an upset if Musselman can get the win tomorrow, but as we know, they're always a scrappy team, and we can never count out the Appleman. Yeah, uh, you know, really good win for Musselman to get one. Um, you know, you knew that would be a winnable game going up against a Hampshire team. Um, typically, you know, a winnable game there for Musselman, and they've had some tough losses. They've had some close games. So to pull out a win, 13-point victory, about 46 points may not be the highest offensive efficiency night for Musselman, uh, really good defensive game. Holding a team to 33 is pretty tough to do. So uh, I think Musselman's continuing to get better. 
They're going to be a team that you uh, probably don't want to play and, and take lightly. Uh, I think at this point this season, and um, you know they're getting better, and, and they're it's good to see them get a win. Because, yeah. like I said, they've had some tough ones. We were there for one that looked like they had a chance to win and then kind of fell apart late. So to get that first win of the year, good to see. And uh, now that that's kind of off their backs and they can keep moving forward and getting better. I think that's the biggest thing is you get that monkey off your back of finally getting the first win of the season and you don't have to worry about it, as as you guys said, during the conference play to start it off. Whether They'll start up with Hedgesville tomorrow night. It's going to be a tough task. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's look. Let's talk about what we'll have tonight. Uh, we'll have Musselman Girls hosting uh, the Hedgesville Lady Eagles. That is the first EPAC game for Musselman. Uh, obviously, Hedgesville. We had the game against Jefferson in December. That kind of odd December EPAC game. Pre-game coverage is set for seven p.m. Tip-off set for seven thirty. Colin and I will have the call tonight. Um, we did. I didn't get the score in time for. The sports report last night, but we did see it. Uh, Hedgesville took on who did they play last night? Washington. Washington last night. You have the score? Yeah, forty to twenty-eight. Uh, Washington got the win, so that means that Hedgesville is now zero and eight overall, zero and two in the conference. Musselman tonight one and five overall, and as Spencer, you just said, it's the first EPAC game for the. Lady Appleman, they'll get to be at home in the comfortable environment at Klein Court for them. Should be an interesting one tonight because of just where both of these programs are at. I expect hopefully a close game that is very scrappy and even though it might be sloppy, I think still competitive and entertaining. So that's what I'm hoping for tonight. Yeah, I think this game tonight um, you know, has a chance to be a good game. Uh, both teams are really trying to build some momentum. An EPAC win can do that for you. So, um, like Colin said, I think it's going to be kind of a, a tough, hard-fought game uh, that should be pretty close. And um, on the Musman side, they, I think, certainly would be the team that you look to as the favorite, probably, since they do have the one win and have played some really tough competition. But Hedgesville's played tough competition as well, just don't have that win yet. Um, and this is an opportunity if you're Hedgesville to say, hey, uh, you know, we may be winless, but this is a winnable game for us and we could go in and, and pull off the upset. So should be a competitive game, should see uh, good efforts from both teams and looking to, forward to, uh, you know, it being a close, hard-fought EPAC basketball game. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the box score here. Now it's finally pulled up. Uh Colin mentioned a very good point in the ball or from the box score that we could see. And what was that point? Yeah, uh, for the Washington for Washington game. yesterday. Yes, they got the forty to twenty eight win, but it was without Rivera, uh, the sophomore leader for Washington, who we got to see a very impressive game from or season from, excuse me, last year as a freshman. She's played in. All six other games, it says, when you look at the season stats, but did not see her in the box score for Washington yesterday against Hedgesville. Not sure why and don't want to speculate, but it was just something we felt was necessary to point out. Yeah, and uh, looking at that game last night, Michaels scored 13 points, the freshman for Washington, so that's a good sign. Another another young player coming up in the Another young player, uh, senior Kendall 
Itobi had nine points, six points for Hairston, the sophomore. Um, and then, you know, you get some four points for two players from Andrea Conti and Madison Hardy, and then three points for Madison Skinner uh, with the point poured in from Savannah King. So every player it appeared that was in the game scored for um, Washington, which is always good to see. Yeah. But moving on to Hedgesville, again, it's that freshman Maggie Boyer. She's leading the way with nine points, eight points for Natalie Lee Yates, the junior, six points for Amina Fouch, the 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 senior as well, and then four points for Kelsey Van Dyne, the senior as well. So, you know, you're getting a lot of balanced scoring in there. Yep, hopefully it will be a fun one tonight. It's yep. going to be tough, though, for Hedgesville having to play back-to-back days. So we'll see how uh, well-conditioned that Coach Faircloth has them to be prepared to do that. Two more EPAC Girls Hoops games tonight in the area. One is just one's a conference game, one's an out-of-conference game. The in-conference game is Spring Mills hosting Martinsburg. Uh, it'll be a tough test for the Lady Bulldogs getting their first win of the season on Tuesday as they're going to face one of the top teams in the state in, in Spring Mills. Yeah, and, uh, it does seem like Martinsburg's getting better, getting more competitive, obviously got their first win. So there's a lot of positives right now for the Lady Bulldogs, but when you run into a team like Spring Mills, who has a ton coming back from last year, just put up 91 points in a game. So they're clicking at a high level. Uh, It's definitely a tough matchup, but I think Martinsburg will at least give them a fight for the first half because I think they've gotten better. I think Coach Fitzpatrick's doing a good job of uh, building some momentum there, and um, they could definitely make things interesting. But Spring Mills is obviously the team there that – we think will come out of the Eastern Panhandle as kind of a guarantee at this point, but everybody else is then kind of trying to fighting for the second spot. It seems that way, at least early in the year, based on how they've performed compared to the rest of the league, but a lot could change here in the next few months. Uh, but Martinsburg has a chance to really change our perspective of that and uh, you know get a good competitive game in the EPAC, which w- would be huge for this team. Yeah, because they already kind of changed our perspective after getting the first win of the year against Jefferson. Um, that close, what, I think it was 42-37 was the final score this yes earlier in the week for Martinsburg getting the night. win. So it's a team that we weren't sure how to feel about them, but yes, it's win number one, but it's also an EPAC win. So the first impression is good for Martinsburg. Obviously, it's an uphill battle today against spring mills who right now is looking as one of the best teams in the eastern panhandle the best team in the eastern panhandle one of the best teams in the state is actually what i meant to say there so if they're able to fire in all cylinders like they were against st james i expect a big win for spring mills but i think you can't fully count out martinsburg in this one yeah i would tend to agree with that the only other game in the epac tonight has jefferson Marie Goretti out of Maryland. Goretti comes in at four and five on the year. I think that could be a challenging game for this tune for Jefferson team. Yeah, it's a game though that you want to refocus and get your chemistry back together. You don't want to go zero and two in a week. So want to try to get the one and one and not get a losing streak going after yeah, losing to Martinsburg. Think, it's just a refocus game. Yeah. And I think, you know, that long layoff may have had something to do with it. You played a That's game true. December 19th, December 16th. 
December 16th and the 19th, and then you didn't play a game until January 3rd. I mean, that's a long time off. So, you know, maybe you just got to kind of get, as Colin, you just said, refocused. That'll be something to look forward to in the box scores tonight. But that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk Shepard. Uh, Shepard football. Two more guys enter the transfer portal. And uh, Shepard men's and women's hoops recaps from last night. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Remember when you were a little kid and saw your first deer? Oh, how cute. As an adult, maybe you've had a different experience. Where'd that come from? Bambi mess up your dream machine? Call Cody's Auto Body today at 304-901-4777 and get the work done right the first time. Cody's Auto Body, 851 Wilston Street in Martinsburg, has a team of auto body professionals with a lifetime of experience putting your ride back together again, regardless of how it got that way. Cody's Auto Body. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. Uh, we'll talk Shepard here. And you know, we saw Coach McCook yesterday. You didn't see him, Colin. You weren't there. But Coach McCook. I know, but you told me. Yeah. And uh, didn't know anything had just gone down. Uh, but did get the word yesterday afternoon via Twitter. Uh, right? As I believe as we were like getting to the stadium. To the stadium. That's a lie. To the Butcher Center. Not the stadium. To the Butcher Center. Uh, we got. There's tweets online. First one, Colin, you sent to us um, from Shepard running back Avon Holly. He announced yesterday at 4.55 p.m. 
that he would like to thank Coach McCook and the coaching staff at Shepard for giving him an opportunity to play for Shepard. With that being said, he's entering the transfer portal as a 6'2", 215-pound running back graduate transfer. So he enters the portal that makes a second Shepard rammed down the portal. Marlon Cook did it at the end of 2022. Um, and then... I only noticed this because actually the new Twitter is weird. Have we have? Can we all agree that the new Twitter options below, below about a that tweet yesterday. are weird? Yeah. So I actually clicked the retweets button for his post, and I saw Devin Lynch retweeted it. And Devin Lynch's bio says hybrid at underscore you know the long basically yeah, fill, fill in the, the blank, blank university. And I said, wait, he at the portal too. So just a couple minutes before. Avon Holly tweeted that at 4.52 p.m., Devin Lynch tweeted that he is entering the portal as a graduate transfer as well. So that's two guys within a matter of, an, of you know, one day leaving. Yeah. On top of Marlon Cook, who's already entered the portal and has FCS offers so far. Yep. And I think I'll touch on Holly first here. I think it makes sense that Avon Holly's entering the portal uh, he entered the year last year as the second string running back, kind of moved down to third string. And we know Nizier Russell is right there uh, to probably line up to be the second string running back this year behind Blake Hartman. Russell just has a little bit more versatility in his game. Uh, Hartman and Holly are pretty similar runners, but uh, Hartman's able to catch the ball a little bit better out of the backfield. So there just wasn't really a huge role for Avon Holly on this football team moving forward. So it makes sense that he's going to at least test the waters and see if he can uh, end up somewhere else and maybe have a chance to be a starting running back somewhere. Um, and then for Devin Lynch, this one kind of surprised me, but he's coming off of a breakout year. And I think a lot of guys are looking at it, too, if you were a starter on this team, that you don't know how good the team's going to be because Tyson's not back, right? So, I mean, there could be some questions there of, (laughs) look, we don't know how good we're going to be. Maybe we want to go somewhere else and have a chance to win something or be a part of a really good team. Or even for Devin Lynch's case, you know, you just were a part of a great team at Shepard. You got a ton of exposure here. Uh can I play at a higher level and potentially find my way at a chance of going pro? I mean, he just had a great season for Shepard. If he gets the right offer, maybe something works out really well for him. So he has the size at 6'2", 220 to play at a higher level. So, I mean, there's a lot of things on the table if you just were a part of this last year's Shepard team or the last two years that I think are able to consider for these guys. Um you know, it's definitely, I think, a little bit surprising because Shepard's been such a consistently good program. And, and you don't see guys leave good programs too often, but with the opportunities that could be presenting themselves for these players, it could make some sense. So I would wish them both the best of luck, and uh, it was great to see them play at Shepard. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think the hope is that maybe Devin Lynch comes back. Potentially. Potentially, I, I mean, it, it clearly hurts the program yeah. that guys with their caliber are entering the transfer portal. But you got to remember, this is just stage one of the transfer portal. The transfer portal takes, but it also gives. There's a lot of players right now. Taketh and giveth. Exactly. There's a lot of players well, right now that 
the problem is go into the transfer portal. It's now just waiting time for that to finish and then for players to come. The problem is I was talking with somebody yesterday over at Shepherd, and um, the problem is with the Division Two players in the portal is it's like a trickle down. So they like you're not going to see anybody transfer to D two yet. You're not going to see unless they already know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Unless they know, like, oh, I want to come here, I want to go to this school, this is where I want to go, this is home. Like, maybe a Blake Hartman last year. Yeah. Like, once he found out Shepard was an offer, and he thought about, oh, we're going home. Yep. Yeah. So, what I, from what I understand, is it's really just a waiting game with everybody, all the Division Two people going to the portal thinking, maybe I have Division One talent, let me see if I have Division One talent. Well, do I maybe I'm not getting the offers I want Division One from the Division One teams? Let's go back down to D two and see what offers I'm going to get. So it's going to be a month, maybe two months, till you see any movement in the Division Two part of the portal. From what my understanding is of the NCAA transfer portal, when it comes to breaking down via divisions, that's okay. Yeah. I, I trust the coaching staff at Shepherd to be able to recruit guys and not rebuild retool as we say for national notoriety that they've received now the thing though that is surprising and unless i'm forgetting somebody super important to the team but i don't believe there was any like starters that transferred last year so that's a little bit surprising Mm. like i believe everybody that left the team from last year had graduated i'm trying to think as well i know zane lewis transferred that name comes to mind because he was a return man that's probably the one yeah. of the bigger names that that left. Um, Josh Pulse had left, but he wasn't really a starter. He was like fourth or fifth receiver. And I don't know if he transferred or just left the team. I don't know the full scenario there. I just remember that he wasn't a part of the team. But I don't remember anybody that was a starter that had played as big of a role on Shepard last year as Devin Lynch did or Marlon Cook and left in the transfer portal. Josh Pulse, I believe his football career ended. Okay. No, no, no. He went on to play at John Hopkins. Okay. So he did transfer. He was probably the biggest offensive name that had left. So, I mean, you didn't see that last year. Now, now, to be fair, a lot of the guys that left that were starters, or a lot of the starters on the team last year were grad students, so a lot of them were going to leave due to graduating anyway. But it looks like Josh Polis left to pursue post-football career. Okay. That wasn't. I don't think it was a football. Well, it's a good decision to go to John. He said. So I, I'm, I pulled up his Twitter and it's pinned tweeted it's from March 8th of last year. Excited to announce that I will be attending John Hopkins University this fall to continue my football career while pursuing a master's degree. So the way it kind of set up to me is that he was trying to go there and, and get his master's degree and set himself up for a future off the field, which Could a be. lot of Division two players do. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'm just saying, like. There wasn't starters leaving, but yeah. again, a lot of the starters that were on the team last year were grad students, so they don't really have a choice to leave anywhere. They're yeah. they're done. Yeah. Um, but it, it is just kind of surprising to see a, a big starter, a big part of your team, a leader on the team, uh, two of them announced to, that they're entering the transfer. Within board. minutes of each other on Twitter. Well, Holly's not who I was oh, talking yeah, about. I was talking, talking about, about Cook. Yeah, speaking of Marlon Cook, 
Uh, so we'll go over some of the offers that he's got so far. McNeese State, January 2nd, he posted that on Twitter. Then going back a little bit further to a couple days after he entered the portal, he got the, an offer from Duquesne, an offer from Pitt State, an offer from Stony Brook, and then an offer from UT Martin. So those are the offers that he has right now. Um, those are just a couple that seem to be a couple Division One FCS teams in there. I think they all are FCS teams. Yeah, I mean, we talked about when he well, Pitt State would be. Yeah, I was about D2. to say Pitt State too. Yeah, but we talked about when he uh, announced that he was transferring. Good size, good production yeah. at the D two level, so definitely would have some things that people would be intrigued about to potentially pursue. So not surprising there. He was just kind of waiting for an opportunity at Shepherd to prove himself. And like I said, he wasn't really risking much yeah. because I think he yeah. already has like a degree or two degrees potentially. Exactly. I know he's a really smart young man. So. Yep. Also, shout out to uh, all these players. They're using TV10 footage. Yeah, that's cool. Next calls. That's going to be cool to just throw on a video and just hear yourself. Yeah. Probably a little it was weird. cool last year when yeah. uh, the guys that were trying to make it in the NFL were using the videos too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. All right, let's move on. More Shepherd topics. We'll go over to basketball. We'll start with the first game of the night, women's basketball, as they fell to 0-11, 0-6 in the PSAC. They fell to Lock Haven 63-42. And uh, interesting kind of the way that the game set up. Uh, it was it was really a, a player. It was a freshman and a player that's in her, played in her second game that really did anything for this team yesterday, kind of made mark. And that was freshman guard Peyton Grant, who's kind of been doing that all year on and off. She had 12 points. And then sophomore guard Aubrey Austin, who played four minutes in her first game against Pitt Johnstown, had a rebound and a steal. But she has 12 points last night, hit five of eight from the field with two of three from beyond the arc. She could be a spark for this team and be the leading scorer down the stretch. Yeah, if you could get, you know, Sydney Bowles back. Um, who was out yesterday. Yeah, you didn't have her. If you have Austin, Kara Miner. Uh, Grant continues to play well. Maybe Shepard can find its way to get a win here soon um, because Austin looked like one of their better players, and Bulls has probably been their best player all year, so not having her definitely hurts. We know what Miner can do as a shooter, and we know Grant has some potential as well. Uh, but unfortunately, you know they didn't have Sydney, so they kind of had to rely on some different players, and they weren't quite ready to compete. Um, against kind of a mid-tier Lockhaven team. So really solid performance, though, for Aubrey Austin. Very good, uh, really, first game that she played significant Is that minutes. you over there? No, so are you me. getting hungry? Oh, Nick's getting I guess hungry. I'm getting hungry over here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Spencer didn't get that cake that he was hyping up to us before That's true. the show. But I thought it was a really good performance. I was pretty impressed by her. And uh, hopefully she can continue that for Shepard because – they need a score, and, and she definitely has a different – or she definitely has a lot of ways to score the basketball. Yeah, and that could be something good for coming up, maybe not just this year, but, I mean, she's still got two years of eligibility left after this year. And, you know, we mentioned it's building a program that, that Julie Kaufman's doing there at the helm of the Shepherd program women's side-wise. And so we'll see. They're back in action Saturday when they host Millersville for a 1 p.m. contest moving over to men's uh, – Kind of started out to be not so great for the Rams, but they made a comeback and they made it very interesting. And then uh, they had the game won, I think, at, at 
at a certain point, up nine plus, and then the uh, game goes to overtime, and they lose 77-74 uh, to Lockhaven in this one. They fall to 6-6 six and six and 3-3 three and three in the conference. Nick, your take on this? Um, Daniel McLean clearly led the way with 23 points. He was 7 of 20 shooting, so not a great night from the field. John Preston had 21 points and 7 boards. Sophomore guard Aiden Hughley had some clutch points. He had tossed in 11 points. But what's your take on this game? It definitely seemed like Shepard should have found a way to win this one in regulation and then still had an opportunity to win in overtime and uh, came up short. And it's definitely a very disappointing loss. I mean, to have a nine-point lead with a little over a minute to play, and it's not that you missed free throws. It's that you turned the ball over down the stretch. I mean – if they foul you and they and you go, you know, and you're trading twos, twos for threes and they just really heat up, you know, kind of is what it is. But the fact that you were turning the ball over and committing fouls to allow Lockhaven to score with the clock stopped, there's just a lot of bad management of the basketball down the stretch by Shepard. And um, they probably should have won that game, but you, you fall and uh, it's a tough loss because, like Dylan and I said on the post game. There's no guaranteed trip to the PSAC tournament. Not all 14 yeah. teams get in. So That's in big. a smaller conference, this regular season loss isn't a huge deal. But in, in a big conference like this where you're fighting p- for positioning to get into the tournament, you need to win these games, especially when you have a lead against a team that's ahead of you in the standings. It's a disappointing loss. It's not just disappointing. It's unacceptable, but I'm going to tread lightly no matter how much I truly want to blow up on this team for with under a minute to go, blowing a nine-point lead at home and falling to six and six. You're supposed to win games at home when you're in the conference, and now you're two and four at home and had, again, a nine-point lead against a team that you should have beat and it's your fault that you blew that lead because of turnovers and charges. Unacceptable loss. They need to figure it out. We were optimistic about this team. That is gone for me after that loss. Yeah, and uh, Colin, those are some good choice of words. I try to egg you on here. I know. But your group, I- I'm your, leaving it at your that. Your text last night nope, was it- not very, very good. Uh, it's an unacceptable loss i'll just leave it at that and bite my tongue all right well that will do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by arsini's home store not just appliance store any longer cabinets and designer bedding after living as family owned operated right here in martinsburg at 360 hackless way go to orsinis.com for more other side of this break we'll get into some nfl uh we talked yesterday that we got word from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler and John Kime that it was going to be Taylor Heineke's getting the start for the Commanders, and then we're going to see Sam Howe. Well, uh, Ron Rivera did the old okie-dokie and decided to make a change there. We'll get into that. Plus, uh, Antonio Gibson goes to IR and some other NFL news. You're tuned in to Sportsmix on Talk Radio WRNR and 210 back in two minutes. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, 
not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel is helping create extraordinary futures. So we've seen improvements in, in our boys on the, as I said, arithmetic, reading and writing. I worked in the county, I worked in public school, and that's what I knew. Um, and I knew I wanted to be able to give her more, so I would recommend this to anyone. You know, our daughter has thrived here. Um, the, the family-like environment is exactly what she needed. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel in Martinsburg, equipping children to lead lives of significant impact. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, bringing us back with some of the who, Bob O'Reilly. Gotta love that classic rock song right there. But uh, let's talk Commanders. We heard yesterday that it was going to be Taylor Heineke getting the start, and then Sam Howell was going to come in and, and get some time as this, it's essentially just a preseason game, basically. Yeah, that's how we kind of considered it but, yesterday. But, 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 Ron Rivera decided to go do an old okie-dokie, and then in his press conference post-practice, which the media gets to see the first 15 minutes of practice, and the first 15 minutes of practice, Sam Howe was on display. We talked about it on the show, I believe, actually. He was throwing routes to uh, all the starters, you know, in McLaurin and in Samuel and in, uh, and in Dodson, and then uh, they was throwing some good routes to him, and then, Post-practice press conference comes around, I believe, like 2 o'clock-ish, 1.30, 1.45, I believe, actually. And um, he goes and says, starting quarterback will be Sam Howe. So he decides to change his mind. We were talking about it on the show. I personally think this game's not worth anything. Why don't you go and see what you got in Sam Howe, what he's been able to do since that final preseason game where he played the majority of the time. Really, he played majority of the time in the whole preseason when you think about it. Um, I think this is a good move by them. I, I don't think he's your starter next year, but you want to see what, what he's learned, what he's learned, what he's taken in over these past few months. Because, you know, we talked like two years ago, he was a first round pick. He was supposed to be projected top, top, top round pick. 
guess what? He got drafted in, what, the sixth round? Fifth. Fifth round. So we'll see what kind of improvements that he's had. Colin, Nick, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm just trying to look at and remember uh, my source on what it was. I don't know if you heard this as well about the change because, as we said, at the start of yesterday, we were told it was going to be Heineke We were told via reports how it was coming. But from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who was no, no, apparently no. wrong. No, he was not wrong. I'm going a different route, and I'm trying to remember who the source was that I saw, but it was that Rivera and Heineke actually talked about it, and Heineke said that he should start Hal. I'm trying to remember where I saw it. That's what I was trying to look for there on my phone because I forgot to save it. But the two sat down, talked about it, and Heineke, yes, he'd love to be on the field, realizes the future of this franchise most likely isn't him and that it should be Howell getting the full start because he deserves that full game in a game that, as we've said numerous times, doesn't matter because the season is already over. over for Washington. It matters to an extent. I mean, guys are playing for their jobs for the players that are maybe some contract incentives and those incentives and stuff like that. But in terms of uh, football's a business, our perspective and um, I guess playoffs or not, and potentially could matter for the Cowboys if they're fighting for the one seed in the division still. So there are some things, but it doesn't matter in terms of. Washington winning or losing cannot reach the postseason. Uh, Ron Rivera is trying to end his streak of seven win seasons. He's and it would be such a commander's strike. thing, such a Washington football organization thing, to where the NFL changes the, the changes it and said, we're going to play 17 games. Nobody can go 500. And commanders can find how, somehow find a way to go 500 this year in a year that you weren't supposed to go 500. I don't know if that's why they added it. I think they added it so they can get to 18 games. But um, in terms of Washington, uh, I, I don't understand. Like, does Ron Rivera know what he's doing anymore? Did he ever really know what he was doing? I don't know. My confusing thing is we heard all yesterday morning when these reports came out that Sam Howell's not ready. Sam Howell's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. You I don't can't want to, not be ready. He's been there for You don't want to throw weeks. him out in a situation where he's not ready to start, come in and, and do what he did during the preseason. And then three or four or five hours later, they go out and name him the starter. That's what's confusing me. Everything's confusing with this franchise. That is. I mean, uh, he should be ready by now. He's been the backup. He's been on the team this entire year. But he hasn't taken first-team reps up until <laughs> yesterday. How big of a deal? But he took second team reps be? for what six weeks? Yeah, but still, you I mean, want him with the first team guys. He knows the playbook. It's yeah. He's never going to be like super ready. He's a fifth round pick for a reason. Probably won't be much, but maybe he's a good backup for you. Or maybe there's some hidden talent there that we don't know about. He looked pretty good in the preseason. Yeah, I will agree with you on that. Now, preseason is a completely different animal. Exactly. And the Cowboys have a pretty good defense. Michael Parsons coming off the edge. I wouldn't want to make this as my first start. But, again, there's nothing to lose. That's true. So there there's not a ton of pressure. Lose, so I mean, obviously, you're going to feel pressure because it's the NFL, and this is your one opportunity to there's show There's going to be plenty of pressure be because the offensive line's horrible. Well, there's pressure <laughs> in that sense. Yeah. But, I mean, like, 
winning or losing, there's no pressure. But but for him, there's obviously pressure because he's fighting for his job long term with this franchise. If he goes out there and throws four picks, nobody's going to give him another chance probably again because he's a fifth round pick. Washington butchers everything it touches. And he's not Nathan Peterman, who still has a chance. All right, Colin. And he has a on. chance this week, but we're not getting into <laughs> Is that. Is he really starting? Yeah, yeah he's starting. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Starting for, for the Justin Bears. Fields up in Chicago. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, it was announced, it was announced yesterday, yesterday, yesterday or two days ago, something. Yeah. I, see, I forget. Yeah, Colin told us while we were on the break, he said, I've got, I've got a rant. Butchering something I've yet got a again. And we were talking about it off the air. It's still a great thing. I'll start off with that, that Washington's doing this. But the lack of media attention, the lack of promotion, is where Washington is failing yet again. One of the best players in the franchise, Sonny Jurgensen. Jersey retirement is Sunday against Dallas. and It's just, a, again, a horrible timing selected by Washington, week 18, and I have not seen anything at all anywhere about it that this was happening until I was looking at my phone because before we get to the next topic, I was trying to pull up the article from where I saw the fact that Antonio Gibson's on the IR and Patterson has been signed from the practice squad so that I could show that to you. And as soon as I opened up the Washington Commanders app, they have the front page instead of the home page now dedicated to Sonny Jurgensen and the retirement of the jersey. But where has this been? Promoted all week, maybe even the week before, like, hey, this is happening for Washington to try to intrigue fans to come to a game that ultimately doesn't matter, but you still want people in those seats that aren't Dallas Cowboy fans. I'll tell you what, this article has been posted on the NFL.com, on Commanders.com since August 23rd at 11.15 a.m. But have you heard Washington anything since Washington to retire. Then? It says Washington retires Sonny Jurgensen's number nine jersey during 2022 season. On his 88th birthday, Sonny Jurgensen received news that he'll forever immortalize his playing career in Washington. Commanders announced on Tuesday that the franchise will retire the Hall of Fame quarterback's number nine during the 2022 season. The ceremony will take place prior to kickoff of Week 18's home game versus the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field, although it has since changed and it will be during halftime. So have you heard anything since August 23rd. Sorry, I turned it off so he could go on his rant. It's okay. Um, I did hear about this in the off season, but I don't remember it. I don't know. I think because they announced in 2020, was it 2020 or whatever? They announced when Bobby Mitchell's jersey was going to be retired. And then this whole Sean that was before the season. Then the whole Sean Taylor thing happened, and so then they did it before the season. Yeah, I remember this being announced. Um, yeah. But I, I guess, yeah, they haven't really hyped it up maybe this week. But I think sometimes but it's kinda they hard. don't hype it up during the week. I don't know. But I feel like the Ravens had something recently that I had no idea was happening. But I remembered it being, I think it was Marshall Yonda going into the Ring of Honor, potentially. Hear me out here. Happened this year, and it wasn't like super hyped up. Uh, it, this week it's been really hard to hype things up. But if you they, have to try. Listen, if they had planned a bunch of posts for Tuesday, you had to cancel those posts yeah, going up. That's fair. Because I think Tuesday to Sunday is a good amount of time to get people more 
in tune to what's going on week by week, especially because they had a home game last week. Now, I think if they didn't have a home game in week 17, you're hyping this up for a few weeks. Yeah. Like they hyped up a few, whatever it was before. They, I think they hyped up the Hogs thing a little two week, two and a, half, a week and a half in advance. That's fair. Um, but it's just this week. I, I think if you the have post, hasn't been football. I think no, if you point. have the post plan for Tuesday, like ten a.m., eleven a.m., I think Monday night, ten o'clock, you're saying. Whoever's running on social media, who's ever on TweetDeck, who's ever on whatever, getting these posts ready, do not post tomorrow. No, that's a fair point. The world doesn't really care. It's about this man's health. Yeah. So Tuesday seems to be a lot when they start to hype things up, and I think that you kind of give it two days, and it's determining. It's hard to do it on Tuesday, and I think it's still hard to do it yesterday, especially because you really don't know, and I think you're seeing some more stuff happening now. Because the bills have come out and everything seems to be positive in this situation with DeMar Hamlin, things are trending in the right direction. He's not out of the clear yet, but I think that it all comes down to that. that That's a that, fair point. That you can't post anything on Tuesday of the week that, yeah. that you know, 12 hours after something happened like that. Yeah, I think that is fair and, and kind of slipped, I think, both Colin and I's mind there. Because uh, really, you think about it, there wasn't a whole lot of NFL news yesterday or the day before if it wasn't concerning DeMar Hamlin's health. Yesterday yeah. kind of saw a few things coming it's out. But it's a Wednesday. Teams were having starting. their press yeah. conferences and stuff like that. But Tuesday especially, there was nothing. So That's true. You know, the main things that might have seemed important, like you said, you know, Monday, were no longer important after that game ended or, or began. Yeah. Or whenever that play happened, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, Nick, uh, your thoughts on what John Harbaugh said on Lamar Jackson. Quote, I'm probably going to leave all that stuff alone. I'm just going to focus on the game, end quote. Referring to if Lamar's going to play again this year. Yeah, it's Give me like a minute and a half synopsis quote, on this. Because it almost sounds like he's saying that he's not going to play. I don't know. It seems like Lamar is healthy. That's what people are saying. He should be healthy by now. But if he doesn't feel like he's healthy, there's all this kind of drama. It's not a it, the, the Hardball's been saying that he's going to be back. He's still optimistic, but it seems like each week that he says it, it sounds less confident in that Lamar Jackson is going to play again this year. So I would think if he's healthy enough to play for a wild card game that he's going to play, right? Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't, I think that's a really bad look for Lamar Jackson, personally. Because I think if you're not willing to go out there and play and you are good enough to play health-wise for a playoff game, you are competing for a Super Bowl. Those don't happen every year. Most teams don't get to the playoffs, Washington. So (laughs) you don't have opportunities to reach the postseason all that often. It's not something guaranteed. And if you're not if you're healthy enough to play and you're not playing, I don't I don't think that's a good look. And I'll fly him to BWI myself, <laughs> or I'll drive him there. I mean, all right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one. First, go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. Talk Capitals are back in action tonight. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten. Back in two minutes. Let's get down to it. 
with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Panhandle Printing and Design is your full-service local print shop. With over 50 years of combined experience, we know how to handle all of your printing and design needs. We can handle anything. From small business cards to wrapping large vehicles, our in-house design team can do it all. As a staple of this community, we love helping people promote their events, businesses, and anything they're passionate about. Envision, create, and bring your ideas to life with Panhandle Printing and Design. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. When you are looking for the perfect gift, look no further than L.A. Roberts Jewelers at 146 North Queen Street in downtown Martinsburg. Choose from a huge selection of unique items from the finest diamonds that make your eyes sparkle to exquisite timepieces, figurines, and collectibles. Buying from L.A. Roberts Jewelers means that you've made the decision to do business with people who've excelled in the industry for more than 100 years. They'll be here tomorrow when you need them, and if you need your jewelry or your watch repaired, they'll do that too. L.A. Roberts in downtown Martinsburg. Old world jewelers for a new age. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you by the Mayor's Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304 263 4343 or sub by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. It's Nick's birthday in the club. Going I don't think he's sipping time. Bacardi like it's his yeah. birthday. Sipping Bacardi like no, it's your birthday. I don't know if that'd be the best thing to get me ready for producing this game tonight between Mossman and Hedgesville if I have Sivan Bacardi. Yeah, I'm proud of your discipline. <laughs> Maybe some other time. Maybe All Saturday? Right. All right. <laughs> Capitals back in action tonight against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus. And uh, Capitals 21-13-6, Blue Jackets 11-23-2. So it's a favorable matchup. Darcy Kemper set to get the start in net for the Capitals tonight. Colin? I just want Ovechkin to keep scoring goals. He's on fire right now. Yeah. Ian Rappaport saying that the Ravens are confident that Lamar will play in the playoffs. So I'm holding up on my uh, driving him to BWI. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Be sure to tune in some EPAC Girls Hoops tonight on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. And 
WRNR TV on YouTube as Muscleman host Hedgesville. We'll be out there calling. I will be on the broadcast. And uh, be sure to tune in the show tomorrow. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix for Colin. Happy birthday, Nick, once again. I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great issue day, everyone. And, uh, yeah, tune in to the game tonight on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. 